Hey y'all, welcome to the Dizzy Parker Show. This episode is brought to you by coffee, because without it, you ain't gonna get my attention. And, and you know I like my coffee with uh, with, uh, with with those really cool cups that you can get from the store that, that keep the hot drinks hot and the cold drinks cold. Man, that's cool, man. Uh, Buck, get out of here. Alright, see you later, Dizzy. Welcome once again to the Dizzy Parker Show, and this week is about attention uh, what are you, what is your attention focused on uh, who has your attention where is your attention and hello to everybody on Facebook live if you would please click that little share button so more eyes and ears can get their selves involved with this show because I think it could help a few people out there and and you know if you're listening on the radio thank you so much for listening to me on Pauling Public Radio so once again I say today's episode is brought to you by coffee and I'm drinking coffee right now so excuse me Yummy. But we're talking about attention today. Uh, one of the people that I like to listen to on podcast a lot, Gary Vaynerchuk, talks about day trading attention. He he tells stories about when he was a when he was a young fella. He had a lemonade stand. He actually had a three lemonade stand franchise, as he puts it. I went, man, what an entrepreneur. And he would see which trees that people that people looked at. As they were driving down the road. So he'd sit out all day on a Saturday and just watch people's attention, what drew their eyes. And later on he would he would go to baseball card conventions and find out the way people looked at the tables and organize his own table in such a way. I think it is the coolest idea. And what has our attention more now than our cell phones and our social medias and all that jive? And you know, I go I go, I go to shows sometimes. Sometimes I'm playing shows. Sometimes I'm just attending shows. And uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is people in the audience, they have their heads down on their cell phones. That seems to be our, our second brain right now. Everybody's, everybody's looking down at their cell phone, checking their social media, maybe texting. Uh, sometimes your cell phone's up because you're taking a selfie. I hate selfies, by the way. Don't do it. I will unfollow you. But I, I noticed the other day, I was, I was going out to my car to go back to work for my second round at Gold's Gym in Fishkill. And my neighbor girl, who is a teenager of some, some age, I don't know, she's a teenager, I see her get off the bus, but she walked to the mailbox with her phone in her hand. I don't even think she looked up at the road to see if there was a car coming. When she got to the mailbox, she stopped at the mailbox. I forget why I'd noticed for so long. I was doing something in my car, and I might have even taken out the trash or something on the way, but she stopped at the mailbox and looked at her phone. And then she crossed the street again. And before she got halfway down her driveway, she stopped and looked at her phone again for an undisclosed amount of time. Why was I watching? I don't know. I just happened to notice. I was like, man, this is weird. Why can't this girl just make it to the house? <laughs> and then she got to her front porch. And once again, 
She stopped. She did not even walk in the house before she had her head buried in her cell phone. So where is your attention these days? There's most of us are checking social media at at a crazy rate. Like I even catch myself doing it and I try my best, try my best to avoid it. But that little dopamine release when you get a like is insane. And I noticed something else that happened on social media in the last few months. We started seeing these 360-degree videos. I noticed it on an ad. You could walk through, like, the Jim Beam bourbon factory or something. And as – no specific reason it's Jim Beam. It's just there. But that they uh, they walk you through, through the plant, and it's a really cool factory, actually. Uh, it's old school. It's in a barn. They have barrels and – and you could look around with your phone. You hold the phone up to your face, and you just look around this this uh, what distillery, I guess. And it it threw off a warning sign because I started seeing more and more of these 360 videos. Like they really want you to live inside of a screen. And the biggest thing that's going on right now is the uprise of virtual reality. And we have a clip from Facebook creator, of all people, Mark Zuckerberg, talking about where the world is going with virtual reality. And right now we're entering a golden age of video and animation, where most of what people share and and consume and experience is moving and, and animated. And there's even more immersive content like games that have become an important way for people to express their creativity as well. But this isn't the end of the line. There is always a richer and uh, a more immersive medium to experience the world. And after video, the next logical step is fully immersive virtual reality, where you'll be able to create and experience full scenes and feel like you're right there in them, like this. Now, that's just a 360 video. In the future, you're going to be able to feel like you're right there in the scene. And that's how VR fits into our mission. VR is the next platform where anyone can create and experience anything. And that's why I'm so excited about the future of Oculus. When I first tried Oculus, I thought, okay, now VR is ready. Now, of course, it wasn't actually ready. After about two years... Uh, We're still pushing the boundaries, and only now are we ready to ship the first consumer products. But in just a few years, VR has gone from being this science fiction dream to an awesome reality. And now we all here have a chance to change the way that we all play, communicate, and collaborate. So that's why I'm so excited to be here with all of you guys today. All of you are inventing the next major platform. Now, this is going to grow slowly. If you think about the arrival of computers or smartphones, the first units, uh, the first unit ship, did not ship tens of millions in the first year. But they proved an idea and made it real. And eventually, these platforms uh, for developers and creators became major platforms for people to share their creativity with the entire world and to build a different and better world. Facebook is committed to this for the long term. We're going to work hard to serve this community. I want to thank you guys for all being a part of this journey, and we can't wait to see what you're going to build. So thank you, and now back to Brendan. 
So virtual reality. Did anybody see the movie Wally from Disney and Pixar a few years ago? I remember seeing it. It's, well, one, it's the only movie that made me ever go, "Oh, that's so cute." I've never done that before in my life until that movie. Wally, Eva. Yeah, those those guys. But the the humans in that in that world that was the future were. They were they were confined to chairs. Their muscles had dissipated. Their bones had become tiny little things. They they ate food out of a straw, and they had a screen in front of them at all times. They were basically living in a virtual reality world. So my warning to everybody is to appreciate the world in front of you before it's too late. That world could very much disappear. And now that we're done talking about social media, we're going to talk more about social media in our social media spotlight. All right. So all the buzz this week uh, since what? Wednesday, Thursday is uh, one of the greatest singers of all time, Chris Cornell, or one of the greatest rock singers, I should say. If you ask me my top three singers of all time, or top three rock singers, because the you know the gender varies and the style of music varies. But top three rock singers ever, I would say Ronnie James Dio, Paul Stanley. Debate that one amongst yourselves, and Chris Cornell of Audio Slave and Soundgarden fame. And that's just because Chris Cornell he has a way of communicating his emotion, and he. He can hit ranges really, really, really low and really, really, really high. And you just felt every note that he sang, whether it be dark or light. But it's no surprise to me, honestly, that he committed suicide. He came out of the quote-unquote grunge period where the subject matter of all of the music was this darkness, this angst, and and they didn't have much much of a release from from those demons inside them and that's really the case with most artists and most musicians in general there's something inside of your soul that you just need an outlet for some people turn to terrible things and other people turn to their art form his as well as mine is music wrote lyrics wrote uh the music portion of the music as well and you could see that in his lyrics from over over the decades really the man was really going through something and and musicians they a lot of them deal with depression and it it could either be onset by the the finality of a tour or the end of a show where you have screaming people worshiping you basically and just going to the backstage and then nobody is there. You're alone with your thoughts once again. So it's really, really polar on both sides. Uh, some of some of his lyrics, like uh, an audio slave song that I enjoy called Doesn't Remind Me. Uh, I'll just read through just a few of them. Uh, I walk the streets of Japan till I get lost because it doesn't remind me of anything. With a graveyard tan carrying a cross because it doesn't remind me of any, of anything. That's nighttime, by the way. I like studying faces in a parking lot because it doesn't remind me of anything. I like driving backwards in the fog because it doesn't remind me of anything. Uh, that that song is about taking away the, the stress and struggles of just living in daily life and the things that we we have in front of us that are constant reminders of our 
of our pain. And let me get that uh, Black Hole Sun lyrics. It, okay, these are a little bit more poetic, and there are actually fewer words in this song. But in my eyes, indisposed, in disguises, no one knows. Hides the face, lies the snake, the sun in my disgrace. The man doesn't even want to be seen in the light, basically. That's two references in just two songs. Uh, boiling heat, summer stench, neath the black sky, looks dead. Well, that doesn't even rhyme. Call my name through the cream, and I'll hear you scream again. Dark, dark lyrics. Black hole sun, won't you come and wash away the rain? He want, He's basically begging for death right there. And this is back in, what, 94, 5, 6, I think? And... He's he, the man has struggled with this all of his life, and we don't know what private struggles people deal with that they're not willing to publicize through their music, and <clears throat> so it's it's really no surprise to me that he committed suicide, especially finding out he was on antidepressants. Uh, there's an article I have right here too. Uh, his wife made a comment on that. Scroll down just a little bit there, uh, a little bit more up though. Just past the title. There we go. Cool. Um, so uh, where, uh, when we spoke after the show, I noticed he was slurring his words. He was different, his wife said in a statement. When he told me he may have taken an extra blank medication or two, I contacted security and asked that they check on him. Uh, Kirk Passish, an attorney for the Cornell family, said in the statement that the rocker was a recovering addict and speculated that he may have taken more uh, whatever benzoadipines or whatever um, on Wednesday than the dosage recommended. This is not the first time I've seen this in my life. I've had a lot of people in, in my world that have struggled with depression and anxiety, and they were medicated for it. And... Sometimes when the dosage of the medication goes up, even on doctor's orders, the symptoms actually get worse. This is just my crusade against all antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. I think that people need more friends and more people to talk to rather than a substance to just get them high enough to get through the next 10 minutes. That's just my take on it, and I'm pretty sure that most people that don't rely on on a substance would agree with me as well so take that for what it's worth i believe we all have something to look forward to to move to move ahead for and his focus was it, it was not on the things that could get better I choose because I've had my moments in this world. I promise you that. That's why I do this show. That's why I reach out to so many people. I believe that it is about focus and what your attention is on. And I've chosen to wake up every single day and focus on the lighter side of things. And I want to transition to a song that I wrote that is focusing on the future and dreams. This is a song off of my EP, City in the Clouds, called Skyscrapers. Cover these scars of the wounds I've taken since you 
And that was Skyscrapers by Dizzy Parker. You can get that at DizzyParker.com, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and anywhere you can stream music directly to your phone. Thanks, cheesy DJ guy. You're welcome, Dizzy. Well, well, well. Now we are moving on to our positive spin section. This might, might speak to some of you and might speak to none of you, but stick around. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Dizzy Parker Show here on Pauling Public Radio. Uh, this one is going to be talking about uh, a pro wrestler. If if any of my wrestling fans are out there, hey, how you doing? If you're not a wrestling fan, enjoy this story because I think that it could still relate to every single person, which is why I decided to put it in this in in this show instead of just a specific YouTube video. But uh, we're talking about a pro wrestler on WWE programming by the name of Jinder Mahal. He's got an interesting story. In 2002, at the age of 16, he started training in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. At only 16 years old, the man knew what he wanted to do. I think I knew by 16, kind of. or At least I was in the first, first processes. But he, he worked in Canada for two promotions uh, up until 2010. Uh, 2008 and 2010, he did some uh, heavyweight championship stuff. Then he got signed to WWE's uh, developmental territory, Florida Championship Wrestling, in 2010, where he stayed until 2011. Keep in mind, he started in 2002, and it's almost it's nine years later. And so that makes him 25 years old, and he's still just in the developmental territories. He debuted on the main roster of WWE, which is where the national television is. You see Raw and SmackDown and the other shows every single week on, on cable and satellite and maybe some streaming services. That, by the time he was 25, he finally got some national exposure. And they started giving him giving him some good creative things to do on TV, and he got he got attention for that. And then all of a sudden, the creative direction changed, and he got teamed up with two other guys in what well, it it was a rock band kind kind of gimmick that was done for two years. They were going to have a lot of merchandise and potential, and then one day eh, the attention shifted elsewhere. So by 2014 they were just they were just a joke on tv that was there are some characters that are just made for jokes folks that's the way it goes and that's where they ended up so he is 12 years into his journey to to live his dream and then 2014 gender mahal gets fired the creative people had nothing for him 12 years he's been chasing this he almost got it and then all of a sudden, it was ripped away from him. And remember, this is the positive spin section, folks. So I'm going somewhere with this. So 2014 to 2016, he's still wrestling, but he's doing it on the uh, the lower level independent circuit, just making appearances. And he kind of gave up on himself. And he, he let his body go. He let his mind go. And he might have thought that that he wasn't going to really make anything else of himself. 
So we started learning learning real estate and how to make residual income through that, which is something I'm very interested in, by the way. And so 2014 to 16, his mid-20s, he's learning to make long-term money, not just the short term of what his dream of pro wrestling is. And all of our dreams, depending on what they are, uh, but most of them, most of them are going to be a short-term thing that'll lead to a longer-term thing. Most of them, including mine, folks. But in 2016, after he did some soul-searching and uh, learned, learned a lot more about being a positive thinker, the WWE finally becomes interested in him again. They're doing more creative things. And after that two-year hiatus, he got a new contract with the biggest wrestling company in, in the English-speaking world. And here he is on TV now. He shows back up and people don't think, nah, well, what's he going to do? He's just He was just a job guy before. And all of a sudden, in the last two months this man is in the world title picture if you don't know if you, i hate to kill the magic but pro wrestling is predetermined there's a creative group and people tell you who the winners and the losers are now the action is real folks i've done it it hurts but yes the results are predetermined and and what happens happens but it seems as though Jinder Mahal has captured the attention of people by being a more positive thinker, by being a go-getter. Like, yes, I will take this event. I would be happy to do this thing for you on TV. And 2017, he's got a match. Uh, it's either this Sunday or next Sunday for the world championship. And it's very possible he will become the world champion. So do your math, folks. 2002 to 2017, 15 years, and he's finally getting to the top. He's laid his foundation, and he's learned a lot more about himself along the way. I ask you, if there's something that seems like it's taking forever, that is your passion project, how long has it taken you, and what have you learned along the way? Are you staying positive through the whole thing? If you devote your time to it, you are bound to be successful because you will get good at it. You will become an expert and eyes will be on you. When the demand is there, it will come to get you. You will be in demand. So that will lead us to my best for last segment today. No matter what you do, you are presented with opportunities. Along your journey, it is up to you, the individual, to take advantage of them. I'm going to leave you guys with that one. So I'd like to thank Pauling Public Radio, WPWL, for allowing me to commandeer some of your airwaves once again this week. Check out DizzyParker.com for music, merch, and more, and all of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Snapchat at the Dizzy Parker. I'm also performing live at Vineyard Community Church in Hopewell Junction, New York, a week from yesterday, Friday, May 26th. I'll see you guys there. Peace, love, and peanut butter oatmeal, everybody.